Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you as we join you from Goodyear Ballpark in Goodyear, Arizona and the Guardian Spring Training Complex here in Goodyear. It's been a, a fun week as the full squad reported on Monday. First full squad workout was Tuesday and here we are if you're tuned to this on our radio network or even later today as it hits in podcast form. The Cactus League play has begun as the Guardians will take on the Reds this afternoon. You can hear it right after this show if you're listening on the radio network as the Guardians and Reds will get going at 3.05 Eastern time and get Cactus League play underway. And along those lines of a different spring training coming up on our show today, we will hear from Cal Quantrill, who will be pitching for Team Canada in the World Baseball Classic. So he'll pitch today for the Guardians but then move on and play for Team Canada as long as they are in the World Baseball Classic. We will also visit with Richie Palacios, the outfielder who spent some time with Cleveland a year ago and is hoping to do the same this season. He'll be playing for Team Netherlands, and their, their participation in the WBC begins in Taiwan, so he has a long trip to go. Cal will be in downtown Phoenix at Chase Field. That's where Canada's bracket is located, so he gets to stay close to home. Also coming up on our show this week, a Tigers preview as we wrap up our American League Central Division previews with Dan Dickerson, longtime radio voice of the Detroit Tigers. This reminder, though, we air this show each week, and you can hear it on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network, usually Saturday, either before or after the Guardians game, as we are now in game mode with spring training beginning and, of course, the regular season quick to follow or you can wait for it to come in podcast form. It uh, drops as a podcast usually a couple of hours after the show airs on 
the radio network, and you can download that wherever you download your favorite podcasts. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Cal Quantrill. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Baseball, basketball, pickleball. Those are sports, and people love sports. If you love sports, you should know this. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Does saving have anything to do with sports? No, the people love sports, so I'm yelling sports out. Hockey, swimming, golf. Not all sports have the word ball in there, so save big when you switch to Progressive. Go, sports teams. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now the windup in this scoreless third inning and the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him on a fastball up. And Quantrill looks razor sharp tonight. Quantrill now at 94 pitches. He's ready. And the 2-2. Check swing and he went around. Tried to hold up and just kind of a half swing. And Candelario is strikeout victim number 10. Well, Cal Quantrill, you have to bring your A game. And he gave up a homer, a double, and a single in the first. He's given up two singles in the next five innings. 2-2 ball game. He's ready. Here's the 2-2 to Devers. Strike three called. Change up away. Sinker in. Thanks for coming. Six strikeouts for Quantrill. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Goodyear, Arizona, and the Guardians Complex here in Goodyear. Cal Quantrill figures to be a big key to the starting rotation once again after going 15-5 and a year ago. His ERA, 3.38, and uh, logs some innings did Quantrill as he was up at 186 innings by the time the season was complete. A little extra work here this spring as he is participating in the World Baseball Classic for Team Canada, and we had a chance to visit with him earlier this week, and he talked about the task ahead and the excitement pitching for his country. How different has your preparation been, if at all, compared to what you normally do uh, as you head into a season? I don't think it's been – it hasn't been drastically different. Um, you know, if I pitch on March 12th and, uh, and I go 50 pitches, or that's kind of where you'd want to be on, on a regular spring training. So – I don't feel like we we overdid it, but I made sure that I was you know prepared to throw competitive, very competitive innings this early, and I feel like my body's in a good spot. Here we go. And I know you you kind of touched on it when we were up in Toronto last year, because some people asked you you know what it would mean to be able to play for Team Canada. Now that it's happening, what is that feeling for you to be able to play for them? It's an honor, man. It's I've said it a couple times, but. It's just you don't have the opportunity to uh, to wear your flag very often, and I think that when you're given that opportunity, if, if physically you're able to do it, it's something that you know I, I'm not going to pass up on. So 
Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, I, I know a lot of these guys. You know, th- that baseball community in Canada is not big. Um, you know, we got some really talented players. And we got some players from this team going. So um, I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty excited to represent my country, and and hopefully we can go go pretty far in this thing. And you're in a bracket where you mentioned there's some players from this team, but you'll, yes. uh, Have you looked at that much on on what potentially could be an opponent? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure exactly what game I'm going to go yet, but um, but yeah, it's it's a good bracket. Uh, U.S., Mexico, Colombia, Great Britain. You know, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, Definitely going to face some of these guys in the season too. So I'll make sure I you know get some intel on some of them a little early. And obviously, you want to do your best preparing for a season. Uh, Richie Palacios has to go to the Far East to play his uh, WBC games. But is this about as good a a situation as it could be with the games being right here? Yeah, uh, this is the situation I was most interested in playing in the tournament. I think it's very difficult if you have to go overseas uh, for the qualifier, miss too many weeks. Uh, Definitely, Richie's got a tougher go of it, Mm -hmm. although I think it'll be awesome for him as well. Um, The fact that we're here fact that I still have access to our field and our you know our facilities our trainers our staff um, while I'm doing it makes this a much more uh, approachable thing to do. Cal Quantrill joining us and uh, obviously you're trying to get ready for a season as well Uh, you look back at last year and uh, durability seems to be such a a big thing for you and compiling those innings Uh, what do you do in the off season to make sure that that continues as your career gets longer? first and foremost I rest <laughs> uh but you know the everything I do is with the you know with the thought of how how consistent can I be the next year how how, how many times in a row can I be ready every fifth day um do I need to run more do I need to lift more do I need to lift less do I need to throw earlier do I need to take more time off we're just you know you're just it's a mixing board you're just kind of changing each of these levers trying to find the one that works best and I think you know, with the help of the staff here, you know, Joe Kessler Strength and James Quinlan on our uh, on our uh, our uh, training room end, we've kind of put together something that I think is is has really helped me stay on the field. And you know, it's it's a really important part of our game. It's a sixth tool. Can you can you be out there on the field helping your team? So I take a lot of pride in trying to be prepared for each start and. No one's perfect, and injuries happen. But you know, doing everything in our power to try and avoid them. And you mention all that, and uh, Cleveland has a reputation for taking care of their pitchers and, and being able to do some things to keep them on the mound. Uh, how much have you noticed that since coming over in a trade uh, that you've been able to take advantage of and really helped your career? Yeah, I, I feel blessed. I felt like you know, the guys in San Diego cared about me a lot and, and worked hard. But but speaking of Cleveland, speaking about Cleveland, since I've been here, it's been just a very focused kind of very in tune checking in every day that first half season that I got here trying to build up good habits then you know the second year was a transition from relief to starting and and that's where we started to really implement like this is what my five-day program looks like and there are no excuses for it not happening and we can adjust and we can do this and that but these are the things the boxes that have to be checked and over the course of two years now it's become just clockwork this is what I do I'm gonna do this 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 and then I'm gonna pitch um and it helps and your body appreciates it your brain appreciates it and I think that they appreciate us giving them that time to do their work they're professionals they're great at what they do they have a wealth of information but they need willing customers so we try and be willing customers team-wise um 
I'm sure there there must have been a belief in that clubhouse last spring that that good things could happen. Um, is it different this spring after you've gone through it last year and, and had so much success and reached the postseason? So I, I don't want to make anything up, but I, I feel I feel confident saying this is we felt the same way last year. We thought we could win. I think we said that. People didn't believe us, but we <laughs> said that we could win, and we did. This year, I think we're saying the same thing. We believe the same thing. We're training the same way. The only difference is the outside world seems to actually believe us now. So. I don't think our approach has changed. I don't think our desires have changed. I think the only difference is we just want to last longer this year. You know, I felt like we went home a little too early last year. Um, nice to show up when pitchers and catchers report, or maybe in your case a little bit earlier. And, and uh, what's that feeling when you you see teammates that you've been through it with and, and had some good success with? The boys are back. It's fun. It's it's hard not to be excited. Getting that clubhouse, the guys start trickling in over the course of a week and. Today was a fun day. That's packed clubhouse, and you love every one of them. So it's a, it's a, it's a pretty exciting time of the year. It's you know we're all aware of. It's, we've got a long ways to go, but it's uh, the energy is pretty good right now. Boy, that's a common theme there from Cal talking about seeing his teammates once again. One of those teammates, outfielder Richie Palacios, who made his major league debut last season. A former third-round draft pick of the Guardians ended up appearing in 54 major league games a season ago, and he's trying to get into that mix in the outfield and maybe a little infield as well. He's very versatile both as a second baseman and an outfielder. And this spring, he's going to be playing in the World Baseball Classic for the Netherlands, and we talked to him about that a little bit earlier this week. Richie, um Based on your offseason and, and how your season's going to start, you are like an international man of mystery going all <laughs> over the globe to, to uh, play some really good baseball. And uh, First off, let's start with playing in the World Baseball Classic. What does that mean to you to, to have this opportunity on, on what looks like a, a pretty cool team shaping up for the Netherlands? Uh, it's been what I've always dreamed of. I'm obviously always wanting to uh, play Major League Baseball. That was always one of my dreams. And then growing up was to play in the World Baseball Classic. My brother and I used to watch uh, the teams growing up, watching like USA and DR and Puerto Rico and Netherlands, like battling it out with so much passion. We pretty much drew that love to try and play in the World Baseball Classic, and now it's finally uh, going to be able to be tangible. So we're excited for it. Um, we've always dreamed of this, and we're we're looking forward to to being on a good team with a lot of good major leaguers and a lot of good minor leaguers, and and be able to put a put a good word on it. For fans who don't know. What's the Netherlands connection there for you? So my mother was born in Curacao, and she has a, a Dutch passport, so that makes us eligible to, to play on this team. And we've been talking to them for probably a year or two now, just um, trying to figure out how it would all work. And now it's, it's truly worked out. We're on the roster, and we're ready to go. And I know, like talking to Cal Quantrill earlier in the spring, he, he said, you know, it would be nice and convenient because his bracket is here in Phoenix. You go to Taiwan, you're looking forward to that, to see a, a neat place on the globe? Yeah, I'm excited to see a, a new place that I haven't been to. I'm excited to see a, a different culture um, and a different culture of baseball. I'm excited to play over there and play against teams that I haven't played against before um, and see the culture over there. I'm truly excited for that because uh, baseball is, is, is amazing. It's the same game, but it, different cultures have different spins to it, so I'm excited to see how it is. How much scouting can you do on, on your opponents over there that, that maybe you've never seen before? Uh, absolutely, the coaching staff has has all that lined up for us uh, to figure out who we're playing and how we're going to attack them. Um, but like you said, we're just going to go out there and play our best game. We know what we need to do to win as a team, and we're going to um, stay with that. 
Richie Palacios joining us. Um, we're talking World Baseball Classic, but this offseason you had a chance to play in Puerto Rico in their Winter League, and it went really well. Uh, tell us about that experience and how you think it might help you as a player to, to really cement yourself in the major leagues. Uh, definitely made me get extra reps. I was able to play over there, get a ton of at-bats out there in Puerto Rico. And it was always uh, pretty much something we wanted to do, my brother and I, because my Uncle Ray actually played over there back in like the 80s, 90s, and he has a couple championships under his belt. So my brother and I wanted to go over there and play, get some more reps in and, and bring a championship to that same city, which we were able to do. Uh, and I think we just got a couple more championships to bring in order to catch up to my uncle. So uh, we're excited uh, that we were able to do that and, and hopefully do it again. And, and what does that championship mean to, to that city and that part of the world? Yeah, no, it was amazing. We have the best fan sport, I believe. Um, it was just amazing to see that city, how they came together and how they rallied, came to all the games and supported us. It was pretty awesome to see a smaller city um, on the scale, not like San Juan or a lot of these bigger cities, but a smaller city. But the city that truly loved baseball. So it was exciting to be able to bring them a championship, and it was just an awesome experience overall. So you're doing all this stuff, and, and last year, oh, by the way, you made your major league debut, which I, I know is, you know, for anybody, uh, just a huge accomplishment. What did you learn last year um, through some, you know, decent time in the major leagues that do you think might help you this spring to try and make the club? I mean, I learned a ton. I learned a ton from a lot of the veterans from watching the game. I learned a ton of things. Um, for me, it's just being consistent. A lot of the best players in the major leagues are the most consistent players. And for me, that's one thing I've been focusing on, just continue to be able to be consistent in all facets of the game each and every day. And, and with that, hopefully letting the rest of the stuff take care of itself. And you've been part of a, a good ball club, a team that made the postseason. Uh, with a lot of friends from, from your minor league days, what what did that mean to you last summer to, to be able to go through some of those experiences with guys that you came up through the minor leagues with? Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome to be able to, to play with a lot of guys I played with in the minor leagues and being able to do it on a bigger stage on a winning team. So it was a lot of fun. I feel like our locker room had a ton of fun in there. We were pulling for each other, um, enjoying every every game that we had together, and I feel like that's truly what made us um, stick together and, and made it, helped us win. Do you get that same feeling coming back, even though there's a, a handful of new faces in there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the camaraderie is still there. The card games are still there. The uh, the enjoyment's still there, and I feel like that's not going to go anywhere. The The new guys have been extremely uh, comfortable in reaching out and talking to a lot of the guys, and, and uh, I feel like that's going to be the uh, same exact culture as last year, even better. That's Richie Palacios, young man who's uh, very much looking forward to this spring after a fun winter, too, playing for that uh Puerto Rican Winter League team that won the championship. So a fun time this winter as he continues to refine his game. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Dan Dickerson from the Detroit Tigers. Get a Tigers preview as we wrap up our look around the American League Central Division, the Guardians' opponents that they have to outlast to win another Central Division crown. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians at first and third, two down. Palacios really spread out at the plate, square stance, slight knee bend. Jimenez lets it fly, and it's swung on and blasted into deep left center. Pache on the run. He can't make the catch. Ball slams off the wall for extra bases. Miller scores. Here comes Jimenez, and the kid came through. Richie Palacios with a two out. Two-run double off the wall in left center. And Cleveland has taken a 3-1 to lead here in the ninth inning. 
And how about that at bat for the kid? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly, and we continue our look around the American League Central Division. Not too far away as we take a look at the Detroit Tigers this week with Dan Dickerson, longtime radio voice now of the Tigers. And, uh, Dan, always great to visit with you. And, and I know for the Tigers, this time a year ago we were talking, there was so much optimism after a strong finish to the 2021 season. But, boy, it just didn't seem to ever gain, gain any traction a year ago. And, uh some changes were made. Well, what's been the feeling uh, coming out of 2022 as you get ready for a new season after some disappointment a year ago? Yeah, last year was very disappointing. They spent some money on the open market and uh, they moved up to 77 wins, a 30-win improvement from 2019 in their 2021 season. And then, yeah, nothing went right, uh, including the two free agents that they signed, Javi Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, Scott Harris was hired, as, as most people know, to direct this, this organization as new president of baseball operations. And I think, Rosie, the thing that he has done right from the very first press conference is establish what he wants to do. And he has followed exactly what he said he was going to do to a T this offseason, which is find guys who can control or, as he put it, dominate the strike zone. He believes that's where it all starts. He says it has an outsized in, impact on the game, and that's where we're going to start. So everybody that he has added, especially on the hitting side, is a hitter who understands the strike zone, will not chase, or at least stays in it to the degree that he can draw a walk to get on base. They don't talk about walks, but that's a reflection of how you, how well you control the strike zone. Everybody he's added fits that mold. Some have major league experience, most are minor leaguers. But you had to start somewhere. They got rid of four guys who combined for over 1,600 plate appearances last year with a 4% walk rate. And that's just brutal. And for five years running, the Tigers have had a low walk, high strikeout, low power, high chase offense. You can't build an offense with those characteristics. So I get very excited thinking about how different the offense is going to be, not just better, because that's not much of a bar to exceed. It was so bad last year. But what it's going to look like, you're going to have more base runners, more team speed, a better ability to put together a big inning. And you've, you've got something to work with. I mean, Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson weren't by accident both top five by consensus prospects going into last year. I mean, there is talent there. Green had a, a solid season, injury shortened, but solid but he's got upside. Spencer Torkelson did not have a good rookie season, but he was a 1-1 for a reason. So at least you've got something to work with. It's going to be a year where they're going to find out a lot about, you know, young kids 
Veerling and Maton picked up from Philadelphia both have a chance to have an impact. They did not add any big names, and I think Tiger fans are a little frustrated by that, and I get it, but there wasn't going to be one big name that was going to help this lineup. It has to be a lot of, you know, adding a lot of bats, hitters who have an idea of what a strike zone is. And then on the pitching side, added two starters, 17 starters last year is the number that A.J. Hinch keeps saying. I don't ever want to repeat that. Uh, and you've got some guys with health histories that are a bit of a concern, but you've got the makings of a decent rotation, given good health, but also you're going to need depth. And they've, they've I think, done that. Scott Harris believes you turn things around. Tigers have averaged 99 losses a year for the last five years. You stabilize things with pitching and defense while you build and change your offensive identity. So I think he's made great progress on, on both fronts. And I'm, I just get pretty fired up thinking about what, what it's going to look like this year and how much more fun it's going to be to watch because they were dull for most of the season last year. You said something interesting, which might give Tiger fans some encouragement about they want to find out about some young guys. That's what Terry Francona and Chris Santinetti said in spring training last year. Hey, we want to yeah. find out about some young guys and see where it goes. <laughs> it went really well, so you never know. But uh, you, you mentioned Scott Harris, uh, someone new at the helm, and, and some of the things that you'll see at the major league level. What about infrastructure-wise? Because I know when the change was made, there was some talk about some things that needed to be done that maybe – the Tigers had fallen behind compared to the rest of baseball. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you seeing some of that already? Yeah, you started with Ryan Garko taking over the, the minor leagues and player development last year, and that, that's a big deal because they hired a lot of new coaches, and as he said at the end of last year, he said, we have to raise the bar, and I thought the next words are going to be for our players. He said for our coaches uh, in terms of how they interact with players, the messages they are you know, giving them every, how they talk to players. All those things are so important in player development while giving them the tools to understand how they become more productive players and develop into the best possible player that they can be. I I really feel like they made great strides last year. I mean, if you want to talk about one loss record, first time in, I don't know, 30 years, I think it was, that the top four teams all had a winning record last year. So that's one step. But more than anything, it's, and I believe this for several years now, that the teams that figure out how to best use all the technology and information that baseball has right now, whether it's in how the body moves or in terms of how you're going to structure an at-bat in terms of what to look for or whether you're talking about a pitcher and where you're going to locate and refine your pitches, all of those things, the teams that figure out how to use that technology best to make their own players better. And that's why Scott Harris talks all the time about adding more young players to this organization with talent, then the better off you're going to be. You're going to, that's the next big edge in baseball to me. And the Tigers are putting a lot of work into, I mean, they hired a kinesiology professor from, from Iowa to, to, you know, to be one of their three pitching coaches. Can and you, that's can, a Dan, big deal. Can, can you spell kinesiology? I can't even say I it. I think I can because I've read it enough times. I've read it enough times. And while that may sound funny, Chris Fetter has educated us on, on what all that means. He said it's not about repeatable mechanics. He said that's really not a thing to him. It gets used too much. It's about there are certain ways your body has to move every time you develop a pitch. You know, the deceleration as well as the acceleration. So he t- these are all the things that they're working on 
and it it's in, works in a couple of ways. It works in making guys better, understanding how your body moves and what pitches you should be throwing to maximize your talent and also keep guys healthier. We have not done a good job at, at that, and that's a league-wide issue, obviously. But I think the Tigers have fallen behind in some of the ways that we can at least recognize a red flag with the guy by measuring certain things over the course of a season. And when you get, when you see these measurements, uh, AJ Hinch talked about it in in Houston. If you know they measure quad strength once a week, and if one guy's quad was 90% on one side, 70% on another, that imbalance meant he was headed for an injury. He gets an automatic day. That kind of thing is where the Tigers, I think, are really trying to step up. You know, all the foundational stuff that's not interesting to fans or, you know, it's not sexy to talk about. But that's the kind of thing I think that will lead to with a better player development system, you know, obviously more sustained success. That's what it's all about. Dan Dickerson joining us, longtime radio voice for the Detroit Tigers, our AL Central previews continuing. Uh, I feel like I ask you this every year for a while now, but uh, Miguel Cabrera, and this will be the last time, um, yep. he's heading into the final year of his contract. Uh, it's been a struggle last couple of years for, for a Hall of Famer who's going to play this season most of the year at age 40. Uh, what can you expect from him, and how will they use him in this last season? It's a great question. I think it'll all be determined by how he starts. Now, remember, he started pretty solidly last year, but it's really just singles power. I want to say of his, what, 77 hits, 65 singles, or it might have been 87 and 75. It wasn't many extra base hits. So I thought it was interesting that he wanted to come back because that knee is bothering him quite a bit. But he must feel that he can at least strengthen it to the point where he can still contribute something in his final year. But I think how many at-bats he gets will very much depend on how he starts. If he starts hot, and I'm not talking just singles power, but maybe a little extra base power, occasional home run power, then I think A.J. figures out ways to get him a few more at-bats. But if it's, like you said, the last couple of years, it's been a struggle. And if it continues to be a big-time struggle uh, for him at the plate, AJ is going to make sure that it's that this last season is not going to be a disaster. He's going to maybe just pick his spots on where to start him, the, the matchups that he's going to have uh, for him as DH, and then you know it might be a, a year where he gets 250 plate appearances and not 450. So, so I think that's something to watch. How he starts will I think have a big impact on on how much he is used. But it, it really is kind of the big question uh, going into this season. Exactly, you know how much. Is he going to be used? I think the thing that Scott Harris, you know, we had an event uh, last fall, and I, he made a good point. He's like, sometimes we we don't always appreciate the Hall of Famer when he's on our roster. And while these last couple of years have been tough, he said, you know, this this is a guy who can still help a team by his mere presence. And it will be fun to celebrate. Let's Let's celebrate his career while at the same time, hoping, and I think it's more than just hoping, understanding that he can still contribute to this team in a lot of different ways with his presence, with his interactions with young players. Um, and I, I think that's a good way to look at it. And it, yes, it's it's not the same Miguel Cabrera, but is there still value having him on this roster? Absolutely. You've referenced A.J. Hinch a couple of times, and uh, his first year couldn't have gone better. 
and then last year, a major challenge is, uh, what did you learn about him in the downtimes last year that, that really bodes well for the future? Oh, I just think, I, I don't know. I just think he's one of the, we've always said Tito Francona is uh, one of the great difference making managers in the game. We've said that ever since he's been with the guardians. And uh, I think AJ is in that same category and what we see in a, in a down year like last year, his day-to-day approach never changes. He doesn't ever just give in to, oh, God, this is a mess. It's just like, okay, what do we – that doesn't help. He's, he always says bringing yesterday into today doesn't ever help, win or lose, but especially with all the losses that have been piling up. So you just figure out what do we have to do today. And I think he never wavered from that. It was a very tough year. He never played the woe is me card. Oh, my gosh, we've had so many injuries. It's like, okay, now who do we have? Who's going to step up? What can we do to get the most out of this guy? Every day he talks about what's our path to victory today, and I love that. Uh, Usually talking about the bullpen and how he's going to use his pitchers, but what's our path to victory today? And I think think that just, I don't know, it's just that's him. He never wavered from it. We found out that, you know, even in a bad season, he's still talking about winning every single day. And I think that will serve, especially these young guys. I mean, you're getting a couple of guys in Veerling and Maton who made that amazing run with the Phillies to the World Series. You know, there's a reason they targeted guys from winning teams. Justin Henry Malloy comes from the Atlanta Braves. Minor leaguer, but still in an organization that knows something about winning. And I think adding guys like that who've tasted it and can that can kind of rub off on some other guys. Uh, you pair that with A.J. Hinch's everyday approach and, you know, he's not going to talk a whole lot about last year, this year. He's going to talk about this year and what the Tigers can do in, in 2023. Well, Dan, I, we'll close with this. I, I know in years past, we have done this interview while you've been walking your dogs, but you're changing yes. it up this year. What's going on? <laughs> you trying to change the turn things around a little today. bit? <laughs> I had a couple of errands to run today. We tried it yesterday. I was walking the dogs, but it didn't work yesterday. <laughs> Who's walking today the dogs today? Work. It's a little breezy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's walking them today? Are they going without a walk? <laughs> oh, no. They'll get the walk when I get home. Don't you worry. They get their walk. They, they always follow you around after about 1 o'clock. They're like, hey, hey, you remember what we're supposed to be doing here, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you enjoy spring training down in Lakeland, Florida, and uh, we will catch you the first meeting of the year between the two clubs. Look forward to it always, Rosie. Take care. That's Dan Dickerson, radio voice for the Detroit Tigers. Stay tuned. More to come after this on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Score. Pass. Out of bounds. Those are sports words. Some people hear any sports word and they can't help but listen. Like drive. Drive is another sports word. And drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. You might say those savings are on par with the best in the league. (laughs) You see, par is also a sports word, so I know you're still listening. And that's called covering our bases. Okay, I'm done now. But I'm serious about drivers saving big with Progressive. Now I'm really done. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the Guardian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona, and the Guardians getting ready to take on the Cincinnati Reds in just a little bit. Earlier today, we had a chance to listen in to manager Terry Francona and some of his thoughts as Cactus League play begins. Still get excited for days like today whenever it Yeah, always. Um, yeah. It, come, it seems like it comes a little quick. Um, but what is that? But it, yeah, it'll be fun. And you know, supposed to end up. I think it's supposed to get nice out later. Um, yeah, it's fun to watch guys play. Were you able to pay attention at all to any of the games yesterday? Was how the clock played into it? Or did you see it? I watched. Uh, I watched. Uh, Xavier play Seton Hall. You talking about baseball? Yeah. I just saw the highlights. I saw I saw the highlights of Machado getting rung up on a strike and then somebody walked on I think three balls. Yeah. Somebody was talking I think Sarby talked to Q and said they didn't put a throw over on just because it was going quick. It's like they're surprised you're here. Did you say the other day, I'm sorry, that whoever plays today won't play tomorrow and vice versa? Well, I mean, some of the younger kids that come into right. games will back up, but now they'll go they'll go every other for for a while, probably till that like that day. Well, I take it back. There's going to be some guys that play back-to-back because we have to because we have that split squad on Tuesday. Okay. We just don't have enough guys to not do that. Straw doing okay? Doing very well. He's doing really well. He's uh, he has best day yet, and he's gonna do some some turns today, going like left hand turns. He's he's doing really well. What what makes Tristan's? I mean, his batting average against is like you know unbelievable. What makes him so tough to hit? Well, when you're a major league hitter and you have to respect more than especially one pitch like you know like because you give a hitter a chance to sit on one speed man they they can get pretty dangerous but he's got really good ride on his fastball so whatever the gun says it plays up which is good and then he's got two breaking balls and they're both pretty damn good and he's got change up it's you know the times he's gotten hurt it seems to me are almost like like 0-2, he'll try to slide a fastball and he, he'll catch way too much of the plate. Um, I think he gave up a couple home runs that way, but he just got good stuff that, you know, that you have to respect different speeds. And breaking ball's really good. I mean, I think for the most part, our staff spins it really well. I think there's a yeah I agree with everything you're saying plus I think he's able to handle it and he got here early and like you say it's it's he's staying in town he, he lives on that side of town I don't think it's going to tax him going back and forth and I think we have it set up where on the off day March 7th he'll come throw in a minor league game so he's going to stay on schedule. 
That's Tito, and that's going to do it for this edition of Guardians Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, as always, to Brian Motze for helping to put together our show each week, and we'll catch you again next week, either before or after the Guardians spring training game next Saturday. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.